Oh, boys, we are back for another week of SVS Fly Fishing Podcast, and man, it feels good to be sitting back behind these microphones. After two days. Uh, oh, no, you guys no, that hasn't happened yet. I freaking, I'm freaking late because I missed... I That's missed, right. It's all whacked out. I missed time. We're going back in time, Mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a back to the future, but with microphones and different. And no Michael J. Fox. Yes, It'll all make sense to listeners soon. We're happy to be back. So, guys, tonight's show brought to us by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com. A-Rex Hooks, freshwater, saltwater, com. Sims Fishing Products at SimsFishing.com. Tonight's show is being recorded live in the Urban Fly Company studios. Be sure to check them out at UrbanFlyCompany.com. Mark has some, uh, some new stuff coming out, and it's always happening. I love to see it. New shirts just arrived. Uh, check out Why Not Fishing. They're at the dock. Yeti coolers. Hey, man, check out our boy Ryan from Queen City Guiding. In two Wednesdays, you'll be able to hear him talk up his uh, his local fishery. Um, we're doing a new thing um, as a fall kickoff. We're going to try to do some bonus Wednesday shows, release them. Uh, this week, Wednesday, we got Mr. Chris Willen. And uh, the following Wednesday, we're going to have Ryan. And I think the, the Wednesday after that, we got some stuff in the works for a, a little salty guy that has some facial hair that everyone might be able to uh, to recognize. Yeah, yeah. Is he a captain? Uh, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm guessing. I'm guessing the answer is yes. I'm just joking, man. I'm guessing the answer is yes. I, I just imagine every fisherman on the ocean's a captain. Yeah, I think you have to be. Or a pirate. I, I I don't know. That's that's stuff we have to get into with him because uh, we don't know this stuff. Oh we're, no, man. We're land lovers. The bank anchors. <laughs> ah! If it's too deep, like, I don't know, man. I can't wait over there. So, uh, last time we were on the microphones was before we had the F3T here. That was a pretty good day. What seems do you guys like think? Forever. It seems like forever ago. <clears throat> I uh, I want to tell one little story. Um, I was smoking a pork butt for the F3T. That way we could have some pulled pork, and then I made some uh, carnitas, and it was good. Food was all good. Um, Food was great. But... I cracked a beer at like 10 in the morning, as we do, and uh, I set the beer down, 
and I turned around to do something with the pork butt, and I turned back around and took a big swallow of beer. Got freaking stung on the inside of my lip. A bee must have went down into my beer can. I think I ended up being pretty lit the one day here, and I swallowed, not swallowed the beer butt, but it was in there. That's worse. Fuck, I, fuck your bee, buddy. <laughs> I had another bee in a, in a drink I had last night. I just ended up letting that one set. Why are you sharing? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? That's like, what, week there you and go. Half Walk ago. around with this coaster. You're like a chick at a bar. You got to cover your drink and shit. Well, the the one last night, the bee, it, it landed on the rim, and I went to hit it with a fly swatter. And it punched you. And it went into the glass <laughs> instead of out of the glass. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I don't share with the bees, especially coffee. Fuck that, dude. Get away. I the one last <laughs> night I let the bee like swim around. I was drinking a a Lynchburg lemonade, one of the Jack Daniels drinks, a girly drink. They're so good, but I I let the bee swim around till it died, and it took half hour or so before. I never see too many bees in the woods. It's pretty crazy, huh? Uh, I didn't see any today. Unless at all. you run into a nest, you probably won't see bees in the woods. So no. yeah, I mean, or along the river every time you you get a nest here and there over the hangover, but it's odd. So, so, uh, what was the story, man? Well, that was it. I got stung in the inside of my lip. Ah, you <laughs> vagina. <laughs> Do it, what? By, by, the end t- by the end of the night, by like the time the fly fishing film tour came, my the swelling had went down and nobody even knew. Oh, you are you were good. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't. Had no... You had know, no clue you were care. walking around. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. I thought you I thought you just banged a beer off your lip a little too hard. Like, yeah, keep it going. That's, little blood won't hurt nobody. That's the only banging, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, we got to do all kind of fishing since the last time, and it seems like forever ago, but even Jason, he was so busy today. We're going to flick a little story out there. He was so busy today, he went fishing, right, for the second day in a row, but he didn't ever invite me. That but son it, of a bitch. And I called him yesterday while he was doing it, and I'm like, hey, let me call when you're done and let me know. That's what good friends do. Let me know what's up. Tell me what happens. So he didn't call me, so I called him back. I'm not shy. And uh, <laughs> he, I'm like, you want fishing tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, it doesn't have a spot for me as per usual. Fucking guy. But uh, he tells me he's taking these old guys. And I'm like, that's great. Awesome. Good stuff. Better teach him how to cast a little. So he goes, you know, I shoot him a text because I was watching the radar. It looked like it was going to get scary. And it actually, like, all dissipated around noon. And I was I was wrong. I, I forewarned him, you know, or at least check your, check your radar. Sent him a text. And, uh. It was, he heavy, called, it was heavy rains about 8.30. Oh, it was going to double down on us. There was a storm that just, like, bleeped up on the radar, and then it faded away that was just west of us, and it was coming, and it, and it just, that was the end of the storm. That line kind of petered out. But, yeah, I told him, look, and uh, then he calls me, like, 3.30. I'm out mushroom hunting, and we're up all the way up on the other side of that lake, and uh, he's like, oh, shit, I forgot the keys at the launching point. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty far away, bud. So... <laughs> So due to that, you know, he pulls up at the the, the pickup with no keys to the pickup. <laughs> That's why he's not here. But we love you still. Funny, funny guy. So I, I rolled into the spot today, like what? 1, 1 Talking about a place I know. Yeah, I went there. What the I, fuck? I, I had an hour before I Did had Did you to... got to cut these guys off? I had an hour before I had to cook you dinner. Ah, <laughs> so ah. I said, where am I going to go for an hour? Oh, I know where I'm going to go. All the p- good places. But so I pulled in there, and I, I walked down. I, I saw no cars. I saw nobody. I didn't see anybody. It was like 14 bikes. 
No, I didn't see anybody. Oh, shit. And then I, I got like closer and I heard Jay's big fucking mouth. <laughs> so I was like, oh, God damn it. And they were just... uh. Getting there, they were just getting there as I was walking in. You go cut them off, <laughs> cut them, cut them off real quick. Uh, Jay and I had a, a pretty funny thing happen yesterday when we were there. He, uh, oh, yeah, I did hear about that. I said, Stay out of there. He he ended up hooking a hybrid, and it, it was a little one, it was like four pounds. But I was like, Jay, put the wood to that thing, and get it back over here. It, it ran across. I was like, get that wood to that thing and get it back over here. Come on, man. But he was he, letting it run like an eerie steelhead. Yeah, he was like hold, <laughs> holding the rod as high as he could. I said, put the rod tip down to the water. Put some side pressure on that thing. Get it back. But he decided to take He's off. He's it. I yeah. usually just reel them till they're at the shore. He, unless they yank it out of my hand. <laughs> he decided to jump in the water and take off after it. I was like... Can get this one? I was like, come on, Jay. He's like, oh, it's a real big one. It's a real big one. So They're all real big. I was like, all right. So I, I set my rod down. Real big, real I, big four pounds. I was like, I was heckling the whole time. I was like, Jay, let that fish know he's hooked. Come on. Put some pressure on that goddamn thing. So he was fighting and fighting and fighting it. And finally got it beside him. And he reached down to lip it. And everybody knows Jay. Oh, I used two hooks on my game changers. They need two hooks. So he reached down to lip this fish. The back hook got him right in the finger, bro. Well, he was like, one, oh. one for him. He's like, it stuck to me. The fish is stuck to me. <laughs> I was like, if you would stay oh, in my yeah. fucking bag, we could have netted the fish. <laughs> but I ended up, I ran over and I, I <laughs> grabbed hooked him with pliers. I unhooked him and then I unhooked the fish. <laughs> Freaking guy, you. Yeah, no, that would, that's no fun. Has has happened before. Men known to happen, but that's, yeah. You're lucky it ain't like a 30-some inch pike or even a steelhead, dude. They get to wiggling like that, and they're just spinning. Even walleye. They'd take a walleye off the hook. They're quick head shakes. Yeah, yeah that, get, to, get that, that body going. That fish had kind of given up at the time, so. Well, yeah, Jason fought him for 48 minutes. Well, he did. <laughs> he chased it around like he was like. But he didn't need no net. Like he was following a school bus, you know. He's the only one that could turn a wiper's face. Looking back. around to tell anybody who might be able to see, he got one on. I got one. Is that guy looking out his window? I got one. Did you ever see a wiper sweat after a fight? <laughs> this wiper was sweating, bro. He lit a cigarette. <laughs> Fucker lit a cigarette. <laughs> Done. He's beating up over the water I, on him. Ah, put me in a soft water spot. I love when Jay's not here. We should not invite him at, from now on. Don't, don't tell him. Don't tell him we're doing a podcast on Wednesday. <laughs> He'll yeah, never no. listen to us either. So. Yeah. No. I, oh man, I'm sure he he got to do some fishing, but we all got to do some fishing. Mark, even I don't think he talked about the fish. That you apparently must have been a fucking chilly morning because you had a jacket or some sort on and shit. You were the only nice. one dressed like long sleeves and long pants. Mm-hmm. Come to get dirty. <laughs> I was hot by the time we got back. <laughs> yeah, no, it ain't been that cold yet. But We're dude. walking back out of the creek, and all the things like, oh, God, can we get back to the truck and rip this jacket off? <laughs> like, first oh, thing. I got a story about that day, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess we'll wait. Let's hit all the other stuff. We'll wait and hit Musky after. Yeah, no, what else? What here. else? No, wait, wait, we'll, we'll just mention, wait, aforementioned wait, wait, some wait, wait, stories wait, wait, we're going to get into later. We got second. a few more things to mention. We got we to gotta, we got a guest coming on tonight. We do have awesome. a guest, John Shank from Lone Star on the Fly. He's a, a freshwater striper dude. So with some big fish, big really fish. big. So fish. we're g- we're gonna definitely hit on that with him. 
But okay, uh, we had a guest last week. Yeah, we talked a about friend that. of ours, Ryan, the Queen City Guiding, who you can hear in two weeks. Yeah, he's he was here, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Check his check through his Instagram. He posts some pictures. He had a lot of stuff going on, and we congratulate him on that and enjoyed the time that he was here. He fished a, I don't know. He's always got some damn excuse for being late, but. He, was, he made it here. But anyway, so we show up to the spot, and I plan to fish with him through the day. And I said, hell, if you want to stay tomorrow, we might be able to get into fish. And, and I've been getting lazy on checking the weather and shit. And, <laughs> and, and dude, there was a huge storm on the way, not knowing that. But here, it, we did some fishing, and it, it was, was cool great. fishing. Yeah, no, we did, you know, that, that morning, Chad, Chad went with us for a moment, and then we hit another spot. This, this was the second day. But the first day, we had, like, a great fishing experience after you. It's like when you show up late and everything goes pretty good, except for I got a shitty story out of there, but I I lost a big fly with a big fish attached to it. <laughs> that motherfucker. Nope, that was three days. Ripped me. But this was, no. I have Three I, days after you were and Jay about yeah, not, I don't not breaking none. fish off. Well, I'll tell you what. Don't leave the same leader on since, like, August 14th or something. It was <laughs> X amount of times it went down there and did work, and I was just lazy. So, my bad, but... No, we had a great time and, and hit a weird, you know, opening in the middle of the day where fish were active. And that, it, I, I ain't even going to say striper fishing. It ain't, it ain't even, if you're there and it's happening, hell yeah, it's fun. If it's not, then that's it's weird. You know, it, you just, it's like a big void. Yeah, there ain't no fly you could change to to change it sometimes. You know, you, you got to work on getting that reaction strike sometimes the whole time. And that's that's hard fishing. It's fast fishing, a lot of water moving. So how I, we're fishing, it's a different, you I, know. I broke one off yesterday uh, doing a two-hand strip. Oh, dude, they're, they're ultimately fish are trying to put the feed bag on. I've been sticking walleye left and right because they're hungry. I knew that I knew that was gonna happen. I told Jay, I was like, "Do you have any leader material?" I said, "Yeah." <clears throat> so I was going, I was rooting around his bag. It's worth having a fresh one and every and the, couple all, fish, probably. All he had was ten pound test. Oh, I was shit. Like, I was like, "God damn it, this this is gonna pop." Did you bra- make it a braid three of those together? No, nah, I just used one, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I I uni knotted it to my seventeen, and I was like, "All right, this might work." I was double hand stripping it, and I felt the snatch. There's you nothing, felt a snatch. There's <laughs> nothing like feeling those hybrids. They hit different than other fishmen. They like oh, they snatch it. Listen, you I'm, can feel it. I'm you afraid. To, I'm afraid to get one on the double hand because what the hell is going to happen then? Chaos is going to ensue of fumbling everything at, at one moment. I'll tell you what happens. You break ten pound test. Well, <laughs> yeah, that happens when you do that. But I mean, have where that's positioned there and, and kind of wading a little bit deeper. That's tough to well, do. Well, I I was right at that first feature. And just casting right up there and stripping it back to me as fast as possible. And it went boom! And I, That's all it takes. And it was gone. I was like, oh. So I missed two opportunities yesterday. But oh, no, back there, to Ryan. No, it was a cool weekend with him. Yeah, I'm feel. sure we could I'm sure we could hit on it later a little bit, but uh he had, like I said, great news for us and, and it was a great time. He got to enjoy some time here chilling out and like like said, got to put some flies to test and We knocked off a thirty rack. Oh, no, in, we were pretty drinking. And seriously... Pretty drinking. Three hours? We got to Between play. three of us, we knocked off a 30 rack. Oh, was, we were doing it. And we broke in some new cornhole boards? Yeah, that was a ch- fucking challenge. It was. It oh. was a weird game. Oh, yeah. If you want to suck, play on new cornhole boards. With new bags. <clears throat> Yay. That weren't broken. Mm. Yeah. Dunk. Yeah, they're dunking and... Oh, it sounded like, like a 22 is going off. Clap! Oh, <laughs> s- speaking of that... 
I I haven't done this in years and years. Is and your years. brain okay? Because everything is fucking got you going left and right. Oh, left <laughs> and right. But I was over at my buddy's house, John Lark, last night, and we were drinking beers and hanging out and BSing. And the kids pulled out the spotlight and they're spotlighting, and John was like, "Hey, little Johnny, shine up, shine the wasp nest." So he moved the spotlight over and hit the wasp nest. We we're looking at it. John was like, "Chad, you want to shoot that thing?" Yeah. So he went down and grabbed a 12-gauge with a three-and-a-half-inch mag. Oh, yeah, because it matters how many pellets. <laughs> oh, dude, I smoked that wasp nest, and John had the light on it, and then it started looking like it was snowing. It was the wasp coming down after us. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> so we let, it, we let it set for about 40 more minutes, drank about four or five more beers. He's like, I got this bird shot for my 357 mag. You want to you shoot that wasp nest again? Gotta shoot, gotta <laughs> shoot that one again. I was like, yes. So I went, we smoked it again. But when I was loading, we were down there and we were loading it. Wasps were like coming and hitting my hands and bouncing off. But Sounds fun, Chad. It, it was fun. Dangerous, but fun. <laughs> Fucking dangerous, but fun. Yeah, when you say four or five beers and, oh, I shoot some, mm. then four or five beers... It's never, never okay. But <laughs> it, it was not safe practicing, but we were safe while we were doing you it. You say bird shot in a pistol. I know shit's fucking crazy. <laughs> He's like, if you're not shooting rats, god damn it. <laughs> we're, we're shooting bees. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you doing, kids? Wicked oh, ammo shortage. Keep that shit in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, well, hey, I think we should go take a break right now and then uh, come on back with John. What do you guys think? Sound good, man? I like it. Alrighty. And we are back with John Shank from Lone Star Fly Fishing. What's going on, John? Not too much, guys. How are y'all doing? Uh, we're doing very good tonight, man. It's good to talk to you finally. We, uh, we've we conversed a little bit, but uh, it's nice to get you on the airwaves. Yeah, man. Glad to be here. <clears throat> so, um, John, uh, what what would you say people most recognize you for? Um, I would probably just say catching you know, the striper fishing we do around here, but, you know, I, I love chasing big fish, you know, like it's kind of a passion of mine, but I would, I would have to be most proud of when I can take people never fly fish, you know, little kids and, and whatnot and get them on uh you know, nice fish, their first fish on a fly. So, um, but I would think if you ask people around here, they'd be like, oh, it's that guy that catches all those big stripers. <laughs> <laughs> the big old stripers, bro. Hey, hey that's what they yes, call, sir. that's what they call me here, buddy. <laughs> no nah, man that's awesome and uh so where where's uh, a location for you where are you guiding out of i got in the texas hill country i live in uh canyon lake texas on the guadalupe river and i guide uh the guadalupe river i got canyon lake i got the upper guadalupe river um which is the same as the guadalupe river below canyon lake but i kind of divide it into two different fisheries um san marcus river and i do a little bit on a few other rivers around here but those are the the main uh main things i'm fishing 
So for your tailwater there, and I don't know, maybe up here in the north are a little different. That I'm assuming that's a bottom-fed dam then? Uh, yes, the water is somehow it's sucked up off the bottom of Canyon Lake. And, uh, you know, it, it's called Canyon Lake for a reason. It's over 140 feet deep. So, you know, that water's coming up off the bottom. And even in, you know, our 100-degree Texas summers, that water coming out of the dam is in the low 60s. Um, you know, so we do have a you know, year round trout population. It's not as prolific, you know, it's being in uh, the southernmost trout fishery in the United States in Texas. Um, it's not, uh, you know, super prolific with them reproducing and all that, but we generally have fish surviving year round the first several miles below the dam. It's not completely a put and take. Um, we do have some wild rainbows born in the river. We have evidence of, but uh, cool little fishery. Um, you know, southernmost trout fishery, all that. And it definitely would not be possible in uh, central Texas without, you know, that dam being there. It's a cold water coming out of the dam. So, with that being said, being the southernmost, is there any differences? I mean, what's what's your hatches there? Do you have a good bug life? And you yeah, chuck, you we, chuck we have big pretty streamers? good hatches. You know, we're mainly nymphing on the Guadalupe. It, you know, and like I was saying, they, uh, well, actually before we started recording, but, uh, you know, it stocks pretty heavily in the fall and winter, so a lot of the fish we are fishing for are stockers. Um, we do have a good amount that survive year-round, even a few, you know, wild ones born in the river. Um, but for a, a fishery that's stocked as heavily as it is, it does get, you know, a little. those fish get a little smarter than people might give them credit for, um, especially as the season progresses. It gets, uh, you know, it gets hammered pretty hard, so it does end up getting a little technical, probably not on the level of some of the you know, famous tailwaters out west, but they aren't just completely dumb stalkers. <laughs> um, but, you know, we fish, you know, a lot of midges. Um, we have several different kinds of mayflies, blue-wing olives, trichos, some bigger hexagenias, some drakes. Um, we have some uh, pretty good caddis hatches, um, you know, and then obviously your, your standard uh, stock trout flies, kind of eggs and you know, girdle bugs. We have helgramites in the river, which, uh, you know, are dobson fly larvae, and they're kind of a big meaty meal um, for the trout. can be pretty effective um, flies to use. And, uh, and we get some decent dry fly fishing, you know, maybe in the spring, um, early summer, kind of when we stop, you know, fishing the trout. And then we actually, in December, we'll get a pretty good hexagenia hatch nothing on the level i think they might have out there in like michigan where the river's like blanketed and wherever that is up there but uh we'll get them on big hex dries and then some caddis stuff even some hoppers you know later in the spring but we're mainly nymphing and throwing small streamers on the guadalupe for our trout awesome so you said you do run into some of the bigger fish so is that like a a stocking program through the state that's growing these fish extra and is that paid for by the outdoorsman there um couldn't quite hear that whole question but i did hear most of it so uh the guadalupe is stocked by two different organizations one is uh texas parks and wildlife stocks um eight to 12 inch cookie cutter rainbows we call we refer to them as state stalkers um or striper food what i call them <laughs> but uh um then guadalupe river trying to limited stocks uh bigger rainbows 14 to over 20 inch rainbows and then they also stock brown trout most years so last year they did not stock any brown trout there was some issue with the the hatchery and whatnot but we had quite a few holdover brown trout like we 
you know, we're catching them quite a bit once it had survived um, the last several years of being stocked. Um, but Guadalupe River Trout Unlimited basically stocks, you know, trophy size trout, 14 to over 20 inch fish. And then we have some of those, you know, fish that are surviving year to year and getting bigger um, from when they're stocked. Um, but uh, now Texas Parks and Wildlife stocks smaller, you know, cookie cutter trout. But GRTU does, you know, straight up dump in some some pigs uh, straight out of the uh, you know, truck or whatever. So a lot of people will catch a big trophy 23 inch trout and they just, Oh man, that must've been in the river for a long time to get that big. And in reality, it could have just been stocked last week <laughs> or it could have been in there three. You, you, we don't, you don't necessarily know, or most people don't know, but given the area you catch it in, what, you know, the color, the shape, um, I can generally tell the difference between, you know, a recently stocked fish or a holdover fish. Um, it's usually pretty obvious. And there's certain areas you will find a lot of holdovers and some areas you will find none. So that's usually the, uh, the giveaway. So speaking of the, uh, the striper food, um, let's say the first week after you get stocked, do you do a lot of, uh, striper floats with big, uh, white and pink game changers and stuff that looks like, yeah, like trout? you know, it, it can be, <laughs> You would, you would think, yeah, right after they stock those trout, but, you know, it all, it all depends on the area you're fishing, but I do find, you know, you know, during our trout season, when they're stocking trout is one of my favorite times to chase the big, uh, stripers that are stuck in the Guadalupe and, you know, people that, you know, are, are at, looking to do striper trips with me, it can confuse them because I fish the Guadalupe for stripers and then I fish Canyon Lake for stripers um the lake itself the stripers in the guadalupe were washed in during flood releases um from the lake you know the lake flooded they had to drain it they bumped it up to 6000 cfs is the level that's needed for uh stripers to get washed in they don't continuously get sucked out of our dam like other places um in our 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 river striper fishing I'm doing they're also not swimming up a reservoir to another tailwater section like they do in other parts of the country, the fish are basically stuck in the river with the trout and they feed pretty heavily on trout. They also, I've had them, you know, chase literally like a five pound largemouth, a guy hooked. Um, I'm sure they eat all very opportunistic, eat all kinds of stuff, but it's kind of like a river monster, river legend kind of deal. All these guys, oh, the big striper took my trout the other day. And, you know, they're, everybody talks about them. They don't get caught very often because, like I was saying, you know, it's a small, relatively small stretch of river that gets fished really hard uh, for trout. And a lot of people know about these stripers, and they kind of all talk about them, but they don't really get caught often, and there's just not a ton of them in there. Um, but I've caught them, you know, the biggest one I've caught in the Guadalupe was about, it was 32 pounds, actually. And, uh, you know, for a fish to get that big in such a heavily fished river, you know, it, it got to be pretty smart. Um we'll see them pretty often and they don't want to eat anything, but every once in a while we'll, uh, you know, we'll fool one and, uh, you know, mainly throwing just big, big streamer patterns, kind of looking like, you know, stalker trout and all that. But I have actually caught them on some smaller stuff. I've even had one eat a girdle bug. We were, uh, trout fishing and it wasn't a huge one, probably a 12, 13 pound striper snatched a, uh, a girdle bug. My client was indicator nymphing with, and uh, fought it for a little while, broke it off. Um, so, you know, they are opportunistic. I'm sure they eat all kinds of stuff. But when I'm fishing for them, I'm throwing big streamers, mainly with a nine weight, uh, you know, to mimic little trout. 
Throw the top and, water. And these fish are naturally reproducing in there now? No, no. So there's only a few freshwater uh, striper populations that can actually reproduce. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure it's Lake Texoma, North Texas, they can reproduce on some occasions. Uh, the Coosa River system in Alabama, a little bit of Georgia, I think, too, they can reproduce. And then uh, the Colorado River system out west, out there, Arizona or whatever, they can reproduce a little bit. For, but for the most part, uh, your landlocked stripers can't reproduce. They, some of them still, they still try, um, but they need a certain amount of salinity and flow. Um, for their spawn to be successful. So the, the fish I fish for in Canyon Lake, for instance, can't reproduce. But but they continuously uh, get stocked there, though, right? They get stocked. So what about the Guadalupe? Are you just going to eventually... Stock like thousands of, uh, you know, two or three-inch fingerlings every year. So what about the Guadalupe? You're just going to eventually run out of they're fish stuck, there. They're stuck in there, and let's say we don't have any flood releases for the next 10 years, all those stripers will eventually die. Yeah, and you're out of there fish. There won't be any left. Gotcha. <laughs> like yeah. that 32, you know, 32-pound one, we've caught several 25-ish pound ones over the years, some lower 20s. Those fish have probably been in the river, if I had to guess, you know, over 10 years, if not closer to 15, maybe even 20. They say a striper can live, you know, over 20 years. Um, and, you know, the most recent time we had a, a flood release event was back in 2015 and 2016, and, uh, you know, those fish now are probably in the 10 to 15 pound range, I would guess, given the size of some of the ones we're catching. Um, but, you know, every several years, the lake will get too high and they have to drain it. Um, and historically, there's there's always been some big stripers swimming around the Guadalupe uh, that eat the trout. So how many trout do you think one of those stripers will eat, like, let's say in a season? You know, I'm just just a wild ass guess. I don't really know, but I do know. I mean, I'll straight up see them busting little stalker trout like they're bait fish, like little those little cookie cutter eight to twelve inch ones. That's awesome! Oh my god, I love um, that. like it looks <laughs> like a you know striper boil, uh, you know a blitz like you see on the coast, but they're eating little trout. And I have had them snatch literally like a. I had this ten year old or so kid hook like a, you know, big nasty like twenty three inch male stalker, you know, with big kite. And he's fighting it on 4X. And I'm like, yeah, buddy, let him run. And he's like, John, there's a striper chasing my trout. <laughs> and I told him I told him about the striper. So I thought, you know, it's a younger kid. I thought he might just, you know, little fishtails or something. And I stand up. And this trout was big. I'm, it wasn't some little trout. And I look over, and it's, sure enough, there's like a 25-pound striper chasing it. And I was like, oh, damn. And then, so the, the trout takes off again, right? And then all of a sudden, the line breaks. And I was like, what happened? I was like, did you feel a bump? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, the striper got it. And I didn't actually see the striper <laughs> nail the trout. But, um, you know, I've, I've seen them chasing smaller trout all the time and snatching them off our lines, um, mm. like sharks or, you know, whatever in the ocean. But, uh, you know, I, I did not, you know, we're talking like big old male rainbow. And I don't think they actually feed on those bigger fish but i think if you hook one around a striper it, it triggers its prey drive um and it starts hey what's that commotion and starts chasing it but as far as them feeding on the trout i'm i'm, I'm my theories are mainly feeding on the you know more bite-sized trout so not necessarily chasing the big trophy rainbows because there's a lot of those guadalupe river trout unlimited guys and i'm a big you know, proponent of our trout fishery. I'm a big supporter of Trout Unlimited that stocks our river. I donate trips. I sponsor the big, uh, 
fishing show they put on here. And a lot of the older guys kind of wish I would keep a lot of those stripers. But my take on it is, you know, that river gets stocked every year. They aren't eating the big trophy rainbows. And, you know, it's pretty cool. We have these big old stripers swimming around there that are, you know, you can catch as well. So I release all the stripers I catch in the Guadalupe. I will keep a few to eat on Canyon Lake on occasion if people want to, smaller ones. But, uh, you know, as far as the, the stripers in the Guadalupe, it's a little controversial. Um, some people would want them, you know, removed when they're caught. But I don't think they really, you know, there's a lot of other issues facing our trout. You know, we have a lot of problems with poaching. You know, fish get stocked. People come out there with bait and just load up coolers, completely ignoring the regs. We have a lot of ospreys, herons, cormorants. Um, not to mention uh, some of the river can get way too hot in the summer and they're all die anyway down there. Um, so stripers might account for like less than 5% of our trout deaths in our river. So um, my stance on it is let them go because they're pretty cool. <laughs> they're damn cool, man. So if you're doing a trout a trout trip with someone, do you mm -hmm. always bring a nine weight along with you for oh, a, yeah. a couple, yeah. one or two holes? Uh, for sure. And then I'll have some people that are more experienced and that really want to focus on striper fishing. We'll, we'll get after it, you know, but you know, when we're talking throwing a nine way with a six to 10 inch stream or whatever I'm throwing at that time, it can be a little challenging for a lot of the people I might take trout fishing. So we'll give it a shot. You know, I've had some kids hook some stripers and land them, some people newer to fly fishing, but usually I would say it's at least a more intermediate, if not advanced, uh, technique we usually don't have much trouble getting beginners catching trout and all that uh, but i generally always bring a nine weight um or eight or nine whatever i'm throwing to uh just in case we get that opportunity and i wish i had it so we're going to move over to the lake here in just a minute but uh what what kind of boat you got out of on the on the river um i got out of a 13 or 14 foot air raft i have two uh, air super puma or air super duper puma um nrs fishing frame the the duper is the 14 the super is the 13 they're pretty much the same exact boat the 14 just a little longer same frame um, i typically like the 13 footer a little better a little more agile for our smaller texas water um but yeah wraps on the only on the guadalupe when it gets high okay there's some guys who have some drift boats that use them out west or whatever the guide winters for our trout and they'll they'll bring them out there but you know 80 percent of the time you're you can only run a raft down the guadalupe and a lot of times there's even a lot of dragging uh in a little raft let alone a hard drift boat yeah we have a one of the guys that's not here tonight he has a raft and i have a drift boat the raft is just so much more versatile you know it's oh yeah lighter you can pick it up you can carry it it's they're nice oh yeah so with uh, with that said, what you're throwing four, five inch flies for these bigger fish? Is that you know, I've caught them on some smaller patterns. Um, you know, I I find they're they're mainly you know the main prey species is going to be stalker, little stalker rainbow trout. So I try and match that. You know, on Canyon Lake, their primary forage is going to be shad, threadfin, and gizzard shad. So I match that. You know, I've caught. 25 pound stripers on Canyon Lake on three and a half, four inch flies. It's all a matter of what they're eating. Um, you know, and I've caught seven pound stripers in the Guadalupe on, Guadalupe on eight inch streamers. 
Um, but you know, it's, you could definitely catch one on that smaller stuff. I've just had a lot of luck with bigger stuff. It's my confidence. Um, and, and one thing I didn't mention is so at, you know, I said we had those flood releases back in 2015, 2016. After that happens, it's like, you know, hundreds, if not like a thousand schoolie stripers get washed in the river. Right. And you can literally catch small stripers till your arm gets tired that are stuck in the river. But what happens is uh, they'll get caught and kept. They spread out. You know, it's kind of like when trout get stocked. They aren't aware of their surroundings. They're pretty easy to catch. Those stripers get washed in the river. I know guys who are catching them on like a glass three weight with a little clouser minnow. Um, so it's a totally different set of circumstances versus, you know, several years later where you're fishing for those big, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 pound stripers been in the river a long time getting huge on trout. Um, <clears throat> so after flood releases, I caught, you know, one time I was trout fishing with like a 10 foot four weight, you know, whatever I was tight line nymphing. And I had seen like some busting off, you know, off to the little, little bit out past me. And I tied on like a little size, like six white woolly booger. And I was catching little 20 inch schoolie stripers <laughs> on a four weight um, in the river. That's awesome. But that's kind of a unique circumstance like that. You know, we have the flood releases, stripers in the river, they get, you know, and a lot of the trout, you know, not most of the guides probably like catching them if they can, they probably aren't going to keep too many of them, but there's a lot of, you know, diehard Guadalupe trout fishermen, mainly older guys that, you know, I heard of people throwing them on the bank after flood releases. And it, to me, that's ridiculous because they're good to eat. Stripers are tasty fish. If you're going to, kill them you might as well keep them you know let, throwing them on the bank is absurd yeah man i uh, hear you that that's your wanton waste but, yeah no doubt so when you're throwing the bigger flies are you sticking uh -huh. to are you sticking to the bob hop school of uh fly tying deer hair uh and big feathers yeah, so you, you know I, I i have several different uh you know flies that are using very you know different materials the I don't know much about the Popovic stuff. I know what you're talking about. The beast like fly F L E Y E real popular on the, on the coast, you know, yeah. the fish feed, feeding on bunker and herring and all that. I'm typically, I do, I do find stripers for some reason do love bucktail. They do love deer hair. Um, so a lot of my go-to patterns do have a lot of bucktail, some deer hair heads, even on them, throwing them on a sinking line, give them a little extra juju. Um, in the river, that is. On the lake, it's not so much juju needed, more so finding the fish and putting it in front of them, more like along the lines of salt water. In the river, when I'm fishing them, it's kind of more like uh, streamer fishing a big brown trout, you know, for one big brown trout or like a muskie or something, not so much like a schooling type of fish. Um, but, you know, some craft fur, some schlapping, um, really all depends. But, uh, you know, double deceivers, really good pattern. I like, um, some of Pat Cohen's different streamers, game changers are great, whether synthetic bucktail, what any number of different, you know, game changers are very productive for stripers. Um, they just take forever to tie and you'd hate for one of your clients yeah. to, yeah, you gotta <laughs> to get, use one. You know, I don't tie them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tie double deceivers. I've caught some, one of the biggest ones ever put anybody on was on a double deceiver. I tied, but for the most part, I kind of defer to the expert fly tires. I get a lot of flies from Pat Cohen, who's actually up there in your neck of the woods, up there in Pennsylvania. And uh, uh, he's in, I think he's in New York. Oh, okay. I knew. He, I know he fished a lot of smallies and all that up there. Yeah, man. He's but, he's a good dude. He's been on our show twice, I think. 
So uh, oh yeah, no he yeah Pat's he a good dude. Shout him out. He's OG. Like in my opinion, one of the best fly tires in the country for sure. Without some of his stuff, I don't you know I probably wouldn't have had the success I've had um, fooling some of these big smart stripers down here. So one more thing you you had compared uh, your lake fish to saltwater fish. Can you go into a little bit of how you learned uh, striper fishing? You you told me the other day that you grew up in uh, able to fish the coast. Can you say or tell us how that translates into your lake fishing? Yeah, for sure. So um, I grew up in Texas, obviously, but uh, you know my grandmother lived in Ocean City, Maryland, since I was born. So I've been going up to Maryland since I was a little kid, and you know, grew up doing a lot of fishing there on the coast and, uh, obviously totally different, uh, environment, you know, Atlantic ocean or different inlets and bays versus, uh, you know, a, a reservoir in Texas, but those stripers still have some of the same kind of, you know, uh, not pala- I guess I'd say pelagic, just, you know, they're, they're ocean fish and they still have those same instincts and they're schooling fish. You know, and when they want to eat, they want to eat. And when they don't, they can be a little finicky. Um, but a lot of the, the you know, rods I'm using, a lot of the my favorite fly for when we fish up in Maryland is my favorite fly here <laughs> for our leg stripers. Throwing the same rods, same various sinking fly lines generally, some top water, some intermediate. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a little different, but a lot of the, the – the way they behave can be similar in a way. And like I was saying, the equipment, you know, this, we pretty much use the same exact rods and flies. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't want to piss off any of those saltwater striper because they probably, you know, view uh, landlocked stripers kind of like, I guess, you know, the guys who fish steelhead out West and then they got steelhead in the, great lakes and those aren't steelhead like you know and that kind of stuff but better uh, believe they're not you know they, they share they share <laughs> some of the same tendencies as they do in the ocean as as they would in the lake but then again you know they're also you know the lake i'm fishing is up to 140 feet deep i have caught stripers that i've seen on my fish finder down there over 60 feet deep recently um you know in the in the ocean you aren't i mean i'm i'm not a you know, at all trying to dredge or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> so it's different, but similar in a way. So can, can you tell us how you're fishing 60 or to fish that are 60 feet deep? I mean, well, what? I think they're coming up to eat. Okay. I'm not, I don't think I'm getting down that deep. You ever try? <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. No, I'm just joking. Any, any top water is, is top water a thing on your river? Cause I know that, Dude, if if we could fish them in some areas that top water would, you know, be a a good presentation. So I could barely hear you, but I did hear top water. So on the lake, yes, a lot of top water can be very effective. I've actually never caught a striper in the Guadalupe on a true top water. Um, I did have a guy one time several years ago tied this fly that he wanted to try, and I'm telling you, it was like a green boogle bug frog popper didn't have any type of bait fish look to it at all i think it had some like froggy legs on it and i was like no way a striper's gonna eat that like it's not like these aren't largemouth bass but sure enough he got one to eat it and he broke it off on the eat um 
but you know, for the for the most part, you know, in the in the Guadalupe, I'm generally I'm not getting trying to get super deep or anything, uh, but generally something that sinks a little bit, at least a few feet down on the lake when they're going into those feeding frenzies. I'll throw different bangers and crease flies into them. I do find some that sinks a little bit usually gets bit a little quicker than a, a popper um, on the lake. But uh, we, uh, you know, I do use quite a bit of top water on the lake, especially if we've already caught a bunch. You know, it's fun to get top water eat, so we'll play around with it. But I do find that some that gets down, even just a few feet, is more likely to get bit. You know, I tell people it's like, you know, you throw something that sinks a little into a feeding frenzy, it gets bit usually on like the third strip. You throw a popper in there, it's like every few casts they hit it. So um, that's just my, you know, experience with it. Um, but, you know, on the lake, you know, we're talking about the similarities between saltwater stripers and the, the lake stripers. The ones in the river with the trout, there's not too many similarities at all. It's more kind of like Arkansas streamer fishing for brown trout. It's kind of what I would uh, equate it to. But, uh, you know, on the, on the, the lake, we'll be chasing, you know, in the fall and winter and spring, we'll be chasing surface blitzes. Like they're just got a bunch of shad balled up and it's like a football field of stripers going nuts, but they move real quick. You know, one minute they'll be, you know, we'll be on them. And next thing you know, they go down for a second, then they're 500 yards the other direction. got to chase them. Um, so, so when you're trying to locate them in the mornings, are you going out there and you're finding the shad on electronics and waiting for them to come up? Or are you going and finding birds yeah. and, and chasing down each, you know, are you looking for that way? It, it, it's all, it all depends. I would say birds maybe in the right now, no bird action. I'm not looking for birds at all, but in the cooler months. So one thing, a lot of people, especially in Texas don't realize stripers are a uh, temperate water fish. And they like water that's 55 to 69 degrees. They say, I find we'll have some surface action when it's warmer than 69. Um, I'll have, I've had some, you know, gone into stripers busting when the surface temp was 75. But either way, when the surface temp on our lake is in the low 80s, you ain't going to catch any bigger stripers up near the surface at all. Um, but once it starts cooling down, you know, they, they will start chasing bait a little higher up. And, uh, you know, a lot of times the birds will give them away, but sometimes the birds don't find them. And, you know, you're just looking for surface bus, but I do have a pretty high quality electronics um, on the, on the skiff I use on the lake. And I use it uh, pretty heavily to, to find fish, whether it's bait or schools of stripers themselves on the electronics. It's, uh, you know, I had, you know, a client recently trying to, well, he, we booked a trip, but he wanted to take his boat. And he just got a new boat and that's cool. I get it. But you know, the way I have my boat set up, the fish finder is, uh, part pretty, of, uh, that's part of you, um, to finding fish. Now in the fall and winter, when they really start busting, you could go out there, no fish finder and kind of look around and maybe find some pop in the surface and chase them around. But for the most part that, you know, that fish finder is very important on that lake without it. it you just kind of, you know, it could be wasting your time a lot of days. But then again, if you're getting a lot of surface action, you don't need it at all. You can just look for birds or stripers themselves. So, so now, is is that a big thing? Is guiding for stripers on the lake or on the river a big thing with no? I kind of fly I mean, gear. I don't want to sound too full of myself, but it seems like I've kind of made it into a thing uh, around here. Um, you know, recently it seems like I brought up. So there's, you know, the lake, 
that our trout river comes out of it's obviously been there since the late 60s and nobody's really tried to guide it on the fly really that i know of and there's some there's one guy who wrote like a fishing blog and he looked like he had some success uh, quite a bit of success actually on smaller stripers mainly in the colder months fly fishing and you know he wrote quite a bit about fishing that lake and his consensus seems like it was uh a really hard place to fish, really unpredictable, but that's what makes it fun kind of deal. But in summary, no one's really ever tried guiding that lake uh, for stripers, but I've been catching some really nice fishing, I think. And they, and I don't think, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, try to be a little secretive about exactly where I'm fishing, how I'm fishing, all that kind of stuff. Um, but everyone knows, you know, the lake I'm fishing on. And I, I, it's not, I guess it's never been viewed as much of a viable option and the success we've had out there, I think it's kind of, that's kind of changed. I have noticed some guys kind of poking around out there. Uh, <laughs> like one guy, one guy been guiding the, in this area for 20 years, lives 30 minutes from that lake, never even fished it at all. You know, fished all kinds of other stuff and, and, uh, seen him out there a few times and he's always he comes up. Hey bud, how's it going? Like talking, being all nice. And you know how there's different drama amongst different guides. Like, I know for a fact he used to throw a little shade my way, and now he wants to come up and, uh, you know, hey, bud, how's it going? And he's older. I don't really care. It's just kind of funny how that all kind of works. Um, and But the flip side to that is the lake I'm fishing, some of these – I've had a couple guys straight up, literally in the last week, I'm no lie, straight up call me, say, hey, man, I'll buy you a 12-pack of beer if you, uh, you know, you got to tell me how you're catching those fish. And it's first of all, I don't drink. I've been sober over four years. But second of all, even if I did, it'd take a a hell of a lot more than a 12 pack pack of beer would not do it. (laughs) A $550 full day rate probably wouldn't do it either, man. Like nice guy, but I'm not telling you I'm catching those fish. Like, especially if you're trying to go guide it. I mean, (laughs) go, go call some old salty guy on the coast and ask him that. See what, see what the answer you get. It won't be as nice as mine. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, now that people want instant success, dude, what the hell do you expect? You know, yeah, uh, no, it's yeah, what it is. See, the thing is, though, we, you know, our market around here is a little saturated. I was, I stay plenty busy. It doesn't bother me, but there are a lot of, and I'm not some OG. I've been guiding six years. I'm 30 years old. I'm not, I'm not been doing it forever or anything like that. But even since I started, it's literally like double around here. Um, and being that it's Texas, it's not, how do I say this? You know, fly fishing is becoming very popular, but it's not like Montana or the key Florida or something. And so I do see some people kind of, you know, guiding that probably aren't the most experienced And in Texas. People don't know what is experience, you know, what they should be looking for, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Without you, but, I wouldn't have thought about Texas being a destination to go fly fishing, you know? It's, it's really not what it is, is we have, you know, Texas is what the second most populous state. You know, we got Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, all really close. And it's not, I don't, I do have some clients from out of state and even some from Mexico, one from Canada, but a lot of them come to Texas for a different reason. And then we, they happen to fig- figure out they can fish. Most of my clients are from, you know, the general area within three to five hours or something. You know, instead of flying, you know, going to Montana or something, they can, 
you know, do a quick, you know, three hour weekend trip and have a good time and all that. And a lot of those people also travel further to fish. Um, but most of our clients are relatively local. Um, and, and the fish are five times the size of a trout they'd catch in Montana. Uh, not necessarily, you know, but I mean, they if, could if you be. look, yeah, they stock some big old trout and, uh, it's a fun fishery, you know, I'm not, and it is probably my bread and butter is the trout fishing. It's what most people really like to do. And it's fun. I'm not going to say it's uh Southwestern Montana or any of that, but it's a cool, it's a real pretty river. You know, you're fishing out there in the fall, winter, spring, um, you know, pretty easy for someone who's never fly fish to get out there and catch some nice trout. And I love it. But, uh, I, I was talking to stripers were five times the size of a Montana trout. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Well, no, that's Sorry. for sure. Yeah. But you know, and, uh, you know, we don't, there, there probably are some 40, 50 pound stripers swimming around where I fish. Like I've seen one that had to have been over 40 pounds in the Guadalupe. Um, but, uh, you know, out on the, the coast up on the, the East coast, they're catching, you know, they catch some 50 plus pounders, especially during the migration and all that. Um, but, uh, is that so, something, is that something you still do? Do you still head up to grandma's and fish? Oh yeah. Year? So we're, we're going to be up there in early November. Um, and we fish with, a um, we fish with a guy named, uh, Chris Carwacki, Captain Chris Carwacki. And he mainly fishes out of, uh, Tangier, Maryland near our uh, T- Crisfield, Maryland, Tangier sound. Um, and he fishes stripers. They have good speckled trout there, blue fish. Um, but we'll be up there in early November. We're actually fishing with uh, another guy just because Chris is, uh, he's all, he also teaches school and he's not, I don't think he's available when we're going to go. Um, so we're fishing with another guy named Captain Kevin Josenhands, really well respected, old time guide up there. And, uh, you know, he fishes that same area. And then he also fishes uh, the mouth of the Chesapeake out of uh, Norfolk, Virginia for migratory stripers on the fly and uh, we were supposed to be there in may doing that but uh covid hit and uh, a lot of that was shut down um but uh yeah we get up there every year and do it and we fish a lot on our own um actually in southern delaware i guess i don't know if it's how it were but it's about 10 miles from ocean city on the indian river inlet um it's basically a little jetty system we walk out there and we usually tear you know tear, tear the schoolies up blue fish we've caught specks there i've caught weak fish there this depends on the time of year but i'm expecting in early november uh should be a lot of stripers around that area about um, an eight hour we'll eight hour drive we'll from there out, huh? um with kevin josenhands and uh on the chesapeake bay out of crisfield so i got a dumb question for you Go something, ahead. something you just said isn't a speck and a wheat fish or weak fish the same thing? No, sir. <laughs> a speckled trout. They look very look... similar. Okay. Um, a weak fish. They call them so up there. I think they call them gray trout or something, but they are not the same. They a weak fish has a. I guess I'd call it a little more of a leopardy kind of pattern. Like the the specks are a little more connected and long. I don't know how to explain it, but they look very similar um, in the same family of fish, but they are different species. Okay. Um, and they're actually, so the weird, the weird thing is they're the state fish of Delaware and apparently their numbers have been in pretty big decline. Um, mainly I think from commercial overfishing or they don't even really know exactly, but it used to be, you'd catch just tons of them up there 
and now they almost call them unicorns uh, where we fish. Like they're pretty rare um, to catch. So it's hard to beat eating a speck, though. Oh no, specks are great, and there's there's a lot of a lot of specks. But those weak those well, there can be there they migrate actually um, in that area. You can catch specks in parts of Maryland and then uh, Virginia and all that in the warmer months, and then I think they kind of go winter down in North Carolina, according to the the people up there. The main fish I like chasing up there are stripers, but the the speckled trout um, out of Tangier are kind of like special. You know, the guys up there, you know, to them they're rarer, I guess, and they catch some really nice specks. But here in Texas, it's like speckled, the hardcore, conventional, you know, uh, uh, artificial fishermen on the coast. You know, they're all about the big speckled trout, and they'll catch big 30, 31, 32-inch gator specks, you know, in, in South Texas on the coast. Um to my knowledge, they don't get quite as big up there in Maryland, but they're, you know, a little more elusive, a little rarer fish. So a lot of those guys up there are happy when they catch them up there. So you guys got some fly fishing. You feel like it's growing down there a little bit bigger in, in Texas. Are there any shops and, and how do you advertise? How do you gain clients and, and where do you advertise? Um, so I heard, couldn't hear you that well, but I did hear part of your question. Yeah. So, I have a website, you know, social media, Instagram, pretty big following. Instagram, to my opinion, is a necessary evil. <laughs> it's been great for my business, you know. I, um, but, it, you know, one thing I'll do is I post, and when I have a good trip, I'm usually posting pictures of it. Um, it's kind of a way to do a fishing report. I have a Facebook page for my guide service. It's been very good, too, Lone Star Fly Fishing. Um, and there are quite a few shops around here. I don't, you know go in the shops and uh suck up too much but i do get some referrals from shops and all that there's a couple really good shops in the houston area that i like a lot uh gordian sons outfitters and bayou city angler out of houston there's a couple shops around my area um that are pretty good one i recommend or two actually i'll recommend people go to to buy gear um in austin proper you know, that's about an hour from me. There's not really a true fly shop in Austin proper. There is one kind of just outside of Austin. There's some Orvis stores. Um, and then up in Dallas, there's some, there's a shop called Tailwaters. Pretty big deal. They do a lot of travel stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely gotten big. And a lot of it is kind of lifestyle type stuff, like the clothes and the, you know, like looking cool and like, I don't know. But that, uh, That's passed us by. We look like nerds. <laughs> no, no, you gotta, you want to look cool, you know, you, you want to, uh, gotta have those style points, but you know, to me, the style points come, you don't want to look like everybody else, you know, you gotta have your own style, but, uh, um, no sunset, but no, picks. it's definitely, definitely gotten big in Texas, you know, it's growing big time, but again, it's not, you know, people aren't traveling from all over the country to, to fish here. One thing we do have here that we don't have, that they don't have anywhere else in the country is a small black bass species called the Guadalupe bass. And we fish for them. They're a lot of fun to catch. The, you know, the state and world record is like 3.75 pounds. They do not get huge. They're kind of, they kind of behave a lot like a smallmouth. Um, they like a little flowing water. Um, and they're very similar. They have some bass like in the southeastern United States, like a Coosa bass, a Suwannee bass, red eye bass, shoal bass. Um, 
and uh, you know, they're pretty, there are some guys that, you know, like species collector, you know, guys that are, I've caught a hundred different species on a fly kind of deal. They want to catch a Guadalupe bass and um, they're generally pretty aggressive, willing fish. They live in real pretty places, you know, little smaller rivers, creeks, you can wade in, go out there with like a glass three weight and some craw patterns, woolly buggers, grasshoppers, nymphs, even you catch them all kinds of different ways. Um, and that's kind of one thing that's real popular around here. And I, and we got a lot for Guadalupe bass. Um, you know, my favorite place to fish for them is on the, actually on the upper Guadalupe river, but they're endemic to the Texas hill country or central Texas. And they, uh, they're present in a lot of rivers and it's one of the more popular species to chase and they're native, they're the native bass species. And so when people rag on our trout fishery or they rag on the stripers or any of that, let's take the largemouth bass, for example, the Florida strain largemouth bass. Back in the 60s, I think the Texas state bass record was like eight and a half, nine pounds or something. Northern largemouth bass were native to Texas, northern strain. Well, like in the late 60s, some biologists figured out, oh, let's stock a bunch of Florida strain bass and see how they do. Well, you know, since then, they've stocked millions and millions of them every year, fingerling mainly. Um, and now the Texas state bass record is like 18-something. <laughs> it used to be nine, you know. And they talk about stalker trout or, you know, striper fingerling. Well, the bass most people are catching aren't even native. Um, and then you get into rainbow trout. They're native to the Pacific Basin only not even, let's say, Colorado, for example, where there are plenty of wild populations. And then you got brown trout, aren't native to North America at all. So my thing with the fishing is it's all relative. I love catching native fish, our Guadalupe bass. But there's some people who kind of like to virtue signal about the, the uh, you know, superiority of their native fishery and all that around here even. And when you really get down to it, a lot of them don't even realize the fish that they're virtue signaling about aren't even native. So, like, speaking of that, um, you had mentioned just a minute ago about smallmouth bass. Are they yeah. native to your to your area, or are no, they invasive they are as not, well? But we have some pretty decent smallmouth fisheries certain areas. So, Canyon Lake, where I'm fishing for stripers, we catch some nice smallies. Um, the Guadalupe below Canyon Lake, where the trout are, I've caught some smallies pushing five pounds in there. Um, and then the best place to catch a smallmouth in Texas is going to be the Devil's River in southwest Texas. Um, and they are not native there either. They're stocked, or they were stocked, but they're obviously reproducing and all that. Introduced. Um, but no, smallmouth aren't native to Texas at all. But, um, you know, there's places you can catch them. But the flip side to that is in a lot of rivers, Texas Parks and Wildlife has actually tried to go in and eradicate smallmouth because they hybridize and out, end up outbreeding the native Guadalupe bass. So some areas you can catch a bass and you can't quite tell if it's a guad, a smallie, a hybrid. And there's all kind of, they'll argue, dudes will argue with each other on the end. Well, that's a spotted guad, uh, smallie hybrid. They don't even know what it is. <laughs> and unless, and unless you take a DNA sample you have no idea. and to check yeah. it, you don't know. I mean, you can generally tell, like, oh, that fish looks heavy smally or that one looks heavy guad. But a lot of times, you know, a lot of the bass you'll catch in certain rivers are going to be hybrids of Guadalupe and smallmouth bass. So now, in the, trout, in the trout section of the Guadalupe, that first 10 miles, pure smallies. Um, once you get a little further down, closer to a town called Green, Texas, 
um, commonly mispronounced by people who aren't from here. Looks like Garoon or something. Um, but once you get down there, you start catching Guadalupe bass again. But uh, so when they hybridize, it's kind of like the uh, the cut bows that people catch out exactly. west. Yes, I would. Yes, but uh, the problem is eventually the smallmouth have stronger genes or something along those lines, and they eventually kind of dilute the Guadalupe bass population. Like it ends up just becoming kind of pure smallie. So they've Texas Parks and Wildlife has straight up gone in to a, you know like the Llano River, for instance. I think they did it on the San Gabriel River, another smaller river, um, and shocked it and took smallmouth out. And, re- and just started stocking native Guadalupe bass into the rivers to restore the native population. But then you want to get into virtue signaling. It's like, well, those Guadalu- native Guadalupe bass you're catching are actually stalkers. Like, think about the semantics of that. <laughs> but anyway. It's a tail wagging the dog, man. So, um, I know. Hey, I got to... I just like catching fish. I don't care what they are, but either way. I hear you. I, I got a question about not catching fish because yesterday... I went hybrid fishing with my buddy Jay, and my leader started getting way too short. So I was like, hey, do you got any leader material for me? I left mine in my pickup. All he had was 10-pound test. So I had a hybrid snatch my line, and I broke it off on the hook set. What are you using for uh, for leader material for your stripers, and is it different in the lake, and is it different in the river? Yes, sir. Good question. So I, I'm a big fan of fluorocarbon anytime I'm fishing streamers. Um, I know some of the guys we fish with in Maryland, he's like, I like mono. It's more abrasion resistant, all that. I will say we have lost uh, some bigger fish, some, you know, mainly bass fishing where the leader gets nicked and we don't notice it. You know, even if it's like a 20 pound leader and you hook a five pound largemouth and it snaps and it shouldn't happen. So that's one thing you got to be careful of with uh, fluoro, but I'm generally using 20 pound fluorocarbon in the Guadalupe. I've had quite a few clients break off big stripers with 20 pound. So sometimes I'll bump it up to 25 or 30 because there is a theory that, you know, when big striper is going to eat or, you know, if it wants it, it wants it. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Now in the lake, I'm generally using 15 to 20, depending on what's going on. A lot of times, you know, if I'm thinking we're after, you might be hooking some bigger fish, I'll use 20. The other day we were throwing 20. And I seen a bunch of fish around on my fish finder. and We weren't getting bit. And I was like, all right, let's try some 16. So I put the 16 on and we got bit first cast. And I was like, all right, so 16 it is. <laughs> so, it, you know, it, it just depends. But uh, so our river stripers, you, you mentioned that hybrid snapping you off on the eat. Yeah. I've been burned a few times throwing 15 or 16 pound in our river getting broke off on the eat. Like no chance to even let them run. They snatch it and it breaks. So I don't I don't mess around with anything less than twenty if I'm chasing the the mainly bigger Guadalupe River stripers. Now on the lake, when they nail a you know a shad pattern, they smoke it, but it usually I, I mean we've landed some over twenty pound stripers on sixteen pound on the lake. So I don't it doesn't seem like they they're hitting it quite as hard as that those ones in the river when they smack a trout like they smack it. And you know I found twenty pound is a good. Uh, you know, good deal. And I had one guy, another guy who guides around here, I was telling him, man, I had a client snap off 20 pound. And I was like, you know, and I, I, he broke it off shortly after the hook set. He was like, man, you just need to use straight 40. Like, don't even mess around. And I was like, well, 
you know, my fly line breaks at third, the line, some of the lines I like to use, the cores are 30 pounds. So what would be the point of using 40? And you know, it would just snap the, break the loop on the line. Break your fly you know? line. Yeah. So 30 is the most I'll use, but I'm generally using 20 or 25 for the, the big ones. And uh, I do find though, a lot of people make a bigger deal about tip it, you know, size than is really me. You can usually get away with more than you think I find, but, uh, you know, I'm generally, I wouldn't throw less than 12 for sure. Yeah. Like I said, um, it, it was a, a flaw of necessity yesterday when I was throwing 10. No doubt. Um, speaking of that, uh, loop knots, you, you tie in clinch knots, uh, uh loops, no, where's loops loop also? only on the streamers. I, it probably doesn't matter. This is kind of a touchy subject. Uh, my girlfriend is actually in the background here. She always is tying a clinch knot. I'm like, no, nah, you need to put a loop on that. And, uh, but uh, it maybe it doesn't matter, but I do find it, you know, obviously a little extra juju on the fly. And actually your, your loop knot is somehow supposed to be like a little bit more knot strength, like 99 point, whatever it is, versus a clinch is like a little, well, improved clinch is actually less than a clinch for some reason. I don't know why that is. Like it's, sure. you know, a percentage point less knot strength, but That's I use naming. a loop for all my streamers. I'll even throw a loop on a little, you know, if I'm fishing a hole that's just been pounded for trout, I'll throw a little loop on a little size 20 midge and put a little extra juju on it. And I'll, I even find I'll get away with some 3x tippet for trout, throwing a little loop on a on my my bottom my dropper on my nymph rigs. You know, I'll I'll throw a 3x on like a little size 18 or 20 fly and still get bit with a loop versus you know the clinch. But it all depends. Mainly using clinches for nymph nymph stuff and then. Uh, Loops on streamers, dries, poffers, sometimes a loop on a nymph, too. just depends. So, John, uh, hey, we've had you on the phone for just about an hour, man. Is there anything that we haven't hit on that you would like to? No, man. That's about it. All righty. Well, hey, uh, can you, once again, let everyone know where they can find you at? And uh, I want to thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it, man. I hope I didn't ramble on too incoherently. I've been... Go, I was up at five this morning every day the last several days. I hope I made a little bit of sense to anyone listening out there. Um, Absolutely. I, I know we learned some stuff. I'm I'm sure everyone listening has learned some stuff as well. Awesome, man. But yeah, LoneStarFlyFishing.com, Instagram, LoneStarFlyFishing with underscores, Facebook, LoneStarFlyFishing, and anyone interested, um, just hit me up and get out and do some fishing.
this song rules. We can have both three. <laughs> there you go. I'll tell you what. My wife and I went and saw a Puddle of Mud in concert, and they covered this tune. No kidding. And it was awesome. That's it, cool. it was really good. Oh, you know, yeah. Shout out our guest. He was great. Good good shit. If, you, uh, if you're jonesing for a monster striper chance down in Texas, that's the man to get a hold of. I'll tell you what, we didn't even get to talk barbecue. He's in goddamn Texas. Fucking mm-hmm. right. I, I wonder all. if it's on the boat. I don't Maybe it comes with the boat ride. I don't Who knows? <laughs> that's Fuck. all I've been thinking about lately is barbecue. Can you fuckers hear me <laughs> out there? Is he coming over Can everybody hear me out there? He's coming over from Cuba. It's on the boat. I know. That's probably mumbling. I'm pretty fucking up there. These, <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> I can't hear Volume you. Volume is all the way up, mumbling and stumbling. Huh? How I go uh, down the river. No, I'll tell you what. These are directional mics. You got to be right in them. You know, if you go yeah, up to the side, like is, this, if you stare into up. the eye of it, that that's how it works. It's like you're doing something di- dirty. You that, got, that, you, that, uh, you don't look it with both eyes. Well, <laughs> anyway, listen. There's, <laughs> hey, there's fall is like in the air out here, and uh, I was doing those fallsy type things, shooting the bow a little bit. Um, Were you shooting at a wasp nest? No, I'm not that. I'm not, I'm not doing no shit like that. Anyway. Oh, just in case, so no, no one's heard Jay tonight. He's not here. He got pink eye. Chad farted on his mic last week. <laughs> Actually, I think my son did fart on his mic last week. <laughs> we were just here a few days ago. Jay got pink eye. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, we got 40 degree temps on the way. It's, uh, I don't know, I'll, we'll just do a quick tidbit. It's fuck foraging season. I don't know if you like mushrooms or being in the outdoors or anything that's cool. But anyway, how many different, be a lot cooler if you did. How many different varieties did we have tonight for dinner? Oh, I don't know. Uh, four? Couple, you, but you I mean, spe- I, you speak of season. What the, when's the? I what, did, what's well, that I ain't gonna say it's season. I ain't gonna say it. We just got the right conditions. When does it and, end? What's the temperature like? We'll have when fall it gets mushrooms. To 40? We'll have fall mushrooms here. That's gonna really start popping when we hit these cool nights that are predicted for the next. And people are already getting them throughout the state, actually in PA, uh, probably mountainous areas. I'm sure getting a little cooler at night. And uh, I'm gonna say what hen of the woods, or I call them sheephead, but they're gonna be pretty prevalent. Should be any day. I haven't seen any, but I've been doing a lot of walking. I'm still finding, you know. Chicken of the woods, uh, various mushrooms, man, tons of different stuff. Belites we ate tonight. What else? Oysters. Still finding stuff like that. It's, it's just that a matter of we've had the rain for it, and I'm kind of slash scouting, doing some looking around, and just walks with my uncle. He enjoys getting out, so something that we have fun doing. But I felt bad today. I was out in like under some dude's tree stand the the guy that owns all the woods back there i was under his tree stand and that I, is what it is and then i found a trail going to his tree stand i was like oh hey nolan there's a, a trail cam wave to it oh shit <laughs> oh. gotcha i usually look for those and try to steer a little clear. <laughs> did i tell you my son fucking mooned the neighbor's trail cam huh is what it is bro <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I could dress them oh, up, but I can't take them out, man. That's great. <laughs> Them oysters we had tonight were incredible. See why you don't use trail Good cams? Night. <laughs> yeah, you get, <laughs> you get stuff that puts you in jail. <laughs> yeah, child poor. You, <laughs> you got to make them things each week. I'm going to try, man. They, they that's the good. best mushroom I've eaten. A long What, time. you like the oysters? Oh, them oysters. See, listen, like me, and Mark, were me and Mark were bullshitting outside. He got no chanterelles, and you saved none, right? 
I didn't save any. You saved nine. You sent the Marylanders back with all of them. I sent no, back with like five pounds. pounds. <laughs> and and I saved none, and they're not popping no more. I feel like, oh, well, I ate a few different ones, but I don't know, we had those, and we did them different ways. They were fucking great. I enjoyed those. Deep fried, I think, was the best. I mean, like in the fryer. I cooked. I cooked some chicken the other day. Chicken of the woods. It's it's awesome looking. I've been photographing so many mushrooms. I got X amount of mushrooms, different stuff. We ate. Uh, what we eat today? The penny bun, I think, is the nickname, and it's uh, the king bully. King bully, and you know, there's a few different ways to make sure they're safe and do your research and stuff. But there's so much stuff popping out right now. We had huge rain last week. Intermittent rains throughout the week, another big rain, and it's just insane. I'm I'm looking forward to finding the sheephead and and I'm trying still... to uh, fill some up in the freezer so we could have them a little later in the season and eat, to enjoy. But um, I'm gonna dehydrate the ones I got now. I got a few pounds of chicken. I'm I still I looking for a chicken. Oysters today. You I've, didn't find any I've yet. I've never found Dude, a chicken they yet. They glow. They fucking glow, and it's awesome. <clears throat> they're cool. They're I, cool to hunt for. I take them oysters over morels. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, mer- I, the morels aren't bad, and then, but like you said, we the were sitting outside. Are so hard to find, guys. Yeah, <laughs> the oysters yes. glow. They're white. Uh, They're, yeah, but the like, chanterelles, like beacons, where the chanterelles just so plentiful. Like, so it all depends on season, time, where you're at, and it, it's awesome. it's like our fishing, man. It's, it's fun. What's in season is what's your favorite right now. It's you know hybrids, musky. Oh, right now I almost strip you for trout. You know, oh smallmouth are popping. You know, it's it's what's in season. It's Here, my we'll, favorite. <laughs> we'll go. We'll go to. I'll throw this little story out there. My uncle, he he enjoys doing it with me. And he's kind of we're learning together, and it's awesome. We're enjoying some of the spots that we've known all our life, and some new spots, and finding shit out, whether it's mushroom related, hunting, or whatever it may be. But uh, <clears throat> taking a walk, enjoying nature, finding all kind of stuff. I usually I'm just sticking to like the, you know, I ain't gonna say I'm, I'm out there picking every mushroom that's good to go or whatever I'm, I'm picking stuff i think that's higher and people have kind of revere you know what, what i mean so Phil collins sean mendez nothing holding me back huh. yeah but we went last weekend and that's when uh ryan was coming in he was a little late like i mentioned earlier so i just went out for a walk and my uncle monitored one he had a picture of it it was on his tree little dead spot and Two days later, we come back, checked it. He left it, and like two days later, after a rain, this thing grew to enormous like size. It, it was nuts. And mushrooms are incredible, man. It's overnight type thing. You gotta be right there. You want the fresh ones. You want the good ones, and it's fun. It kind of takes me to a different, you know, facet of the the nature side. Now I'm enjoying places that I probably wouldn't have went. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that are free to go, more more game lands, more state owned stuff. It gives me a reason to want to get up and go for a walk. You know, my wife. Oh, for my sure. wife said, "I want to go for a walk around the block." I said, I Why not go through the? I said, try I fu- to stay in the open, at least not the briars, but go I, through the woods. I said, I fucking don't want to go for a walk around <clears> the block, but I will go a walk inside of the block in the woods. So I took my son, and that's what we did today. But uh, so uh, you just put dip in. uh, Jay. Yeah, that was that was all the mushroom. I've seen so many mushrooms are sweet, man. They're out there. Get them while you can. It's gonna be cooler soon, and and it may be the end of the season. Well, let's talk about Ryan's fishing. Hell yeah, he got to come in and uh, as said, he was late, but we get there and you know fishing the first hole. It's usually quite quite the spectacle right right off the get go. So he tries to throw a popper, 
And I thought we were gonna light a fish up. He had one move on it, and that was it. So it like, like bone the, fish on the fly. Yeah, just <laughs> just crazy shit, man. Crazy shit. But uh, nobody was around, so so I thought we had the upper hand for a second, and and nothing bit. So we're moving on. We're just waiting, completing, you know, fishing the whole structure, fishing everywhere we can. And uh, imagine that I hook up, boom. <laughs> so I catch one. It didn't even run me. I couldn't believe it. Didn't take no no line off the reel. I pull it in. I thought I had a huge smallmouth, which I was gonna be pumped about, but it wasn't striper. <clears throat> pulled a fly out of his mouth, didn't really check the line or nothing. This is on a big shad-looking bucktail about five-plus inches long. It's big. It's got a lot of bucktail on it. I fling it back out in the same run, you know, a couple casts later, and I a, the fish erupts, man, and boom, I hook into, a, like, a really good one. Did we talk about this before? You alluded to it. Yeah. No, it was fucking great. This fish snatched. I was like, something just happened. And, and see, they snatch. They don't hit your fly. They, they snatch, snatch your it. Shit. They're like a. They're like a purse. Snatcher. Oh man, dude, it's like knock you down and snatch it, dude. This yeah. this thing like snatches a fly. So I'm I'm into this fish. I got all the line cleared. I'm good. I'm on the reel and putting a little pressure on him, and the line just pops. And I'm like, ah, oh, I thought I thought for sure it just had a bad grab. I had him by the lip or something and broke my fucking line. I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> And no fucking, no fucking fly when it came back. I was like, you fucker, man. That, oh, that. What, that was three days after you were harassing Jay about breaking yeah, he fish breaks, off? Yeah, he breaks two off and, and, and I harass him. I'm like, I don't lose none of them. I I've only ever a- lost three flies to stripers, two fish, like three flies. The, and, and one was at a place, two were at a place that I feel was like very rocky, very, very, you know, if you get... You get touch your line any further off the table. You're gonna need to get an extension. I'm in a fucked up spot here. (laughs) (laughs) Just turn your chair and center. It's hard to sit over here, Mark. (laughs) I'm sitting. I got fucking hemorrhoids. Leave me alone. Jay isn't here, so apparently you can't sit normal at a table. (laughs) You didn't grab me a beer last time you went in there. Shut up. (laughs) You can't wamp us off the corner. Here we go. (laughs) So so we were fishing. We left. We we left and uh, tried another spot because we we stuck the shit out of a midday. I don't know how he did it. He caught three. I caught three. It was freaking great in the middle of the day. High sun. We caught fish. Nothing. He's like watching them. He throws this big brown bulkhead looking like shit you would throw for musky mark. And I'm like, in the beginning, I was filming with that popper. I sh- I thought I was gonna get something. And I was like, fuck, I should be watching this. I mentioned. I was like, this is like Jensen fly fishing. He throws it right in there and strips it once, and it it's not even in the fucking water because it's like a big bulky head on it. A fish just annihilates it, like boom, right in front of us. This is after you got it on film. No, no, I I it it was see I I didn't think it was I knew it was gonna happen, but it got ate really fucking right in front of us both, and that was after he got to watch me see or like catch one that missed the fly or whatever the fuck it did. So we got to see each other catch fish. It was fucking awesome, man. Had a good moment in the middle of the day, which was weird. Didn't stick. What? Hope my didn't fish? Stick? No, I'm saying he got him. He oh, caught this fish. Yeah, it's yeah. on a pretty sweet fucking fly. It's on his. I got some pictures of it. It's sweet, Chad. We got a pretty good pictures of it. We're like fucking holding it in the net. I haven't posted that one yet. No, it's fucking nice, man. And but the whole thing was is we got to see the fish <laughs> just come up and smash it, and it was cool, man. That you can't beat that and. You know, a good fight. Got some pictures and let it go. But we did that multiple times. So he got to watch fish eat. He got the, you know, he didn't get the big one yet. So he's still in the running to keep coming back. 
<laughs> Come on down. Come on down. It could happen any time. I, I, I feel like the fish that broke me off was a little bit bigger fish because of how he... How shit happened in it. It was more than the four pounder Jay caught yesterday. Yeah, it was more than the one I just ripped in before that too. That didn't take no line out. This thing was ripping across the whole river, and it, it that's that's just insane fishing, man. It when it when put it like this, it's like dropping a T bone in a fucking piranha tank. At times, it, when on your first, you know, first I wouldn't even say first cast, like how your line hits in this area, you're like ultimately fishing right now. You're in a ball fucking game. Mm-hmm. It's like transporting and being right in the deer woods. It's fucking crazy. You don't gotta wait for shit. You just gotta strip. Now, I, you know what? The last couple times I've been down there, I've been catching them on the swing. Throw my fly out. Just let my fly line. They're kind of chasing it. No, let my fly line get a big bow in it. The bowline cast. That's my favorite and technique. Then, and then the the fly rips, rips on opposite. And then when it hangs, they just boom, get on the hang down. Yeah, fish are starting to disperse. The water's getting a little cooler. They're getting back off of, you know, all their structures kind of hiding out. We don't have any water yet, that's for sure. Got a ton of rain, but still didn't have, you know, we were at a deficit, so. Let's uh, go up a little bit, get them bays full. I'd get that bait fish up in them bays. Yeah, again. no, I took get a ride up the lake. Lake's, Lake's probably actually got some water in it now. Lake. Lake's doing good, but every you know enough to fill our river up is going to be uh, mm, another big drop in the way. bucket. It's going to take some time. So let's get on to last Saturday, Mark. We did a we did something that was when I was not sending, different to you sending you the picture of my of my mushrooms and you sent me something back. Or yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what happened. So we went out with our buddy Derek, and uh, we we waited. A- Swamp and he played Iron Man. I was gonna say you're the only <laughs> one that had full legs and arms on coverage, because Derek forgot his waders and I didn't want to wear a long sleeve shirt. Yeah. So there we go. <laughs> Derek's legs got way more fucked up than my arms did. Wow. He got beat. <laughs> yeah. He I'm, sent that picture over his legs and I could not believe that. But you know what? I can't tell you how many times I went bam out. Ooh. Hey, watch out. In the thunk. <laughs> Ow. He was wading in Crocs. So it was like his feet were like most of the time he's barefoot and just carrying his Crocs because he wanted to float off of him. Mm-hmm. It was. It well, was that in, one place he had me go into, I was in mud <clears throat> over my knee to get yeah. that fly back. Well over my knee. And we'll, we'll come back to that place here after the story. Yeah, but. that's funny. <laughs> but so. I, I want to tell a little quick one. Um, I had Derek down further than that, and him and I were talking, and he was like, "So what? Tell me about this trout setting. Why? Why don't you trout set? <laughs> well, you don't get as much torque on the fish when you trout set as when you take your fly rod and point it straight at the fish and pull your line straight. It's it's not a six foot gear rod. Rods don't hold thirty you know pounds I mean? pressure. Lines do. So I." I went to show him this, like physically show him. I grabbed my fly with my left hand. I grabbed my rod with my right hand. And I went, look, it, it doesn't pull my fly at all. And my rod went, boom. <laughs> On a tree? What? No, it just blew up. I said, God damn. We were like as far away from the truck as we had been all day. And we're going to be all day. That was on a trout set. You're that strong. Yeah, man. <laughs> I The way it blew up, I must have hit it. With a fly 
the head lead eyes or something at some point, you know, it just, it was bound to break, but I don't know. It was, <laughs> if that's the case after Sunday's there, yes, Derek, right. Derek's Toast. isn't looking good. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you give it a good wallop and whack, <laughs> whack. Well, yeah, I don't need lead eyes. That, that's danger. Luckily, he has something coming in the mail. It's going to be oh. shipping on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Tuesday. Okay, but back to your story. Oh, yeah. I broke my 10 weight. It yeah. really sucked. Um, You were down three musky sticks? I'm down three musky sticks as we speak. Luckily, I had uh, Dave Huff's River Wolf in the truck as a backup. So you're, to go you're do that. down like actual muskies, though. I've, I'm zero for the year. Um... Mark actually... Who's counting? Mark has a a good story, but I, I have a funnier story that I'm going to get to before Mark gets to the good story. So we were walking... Like, we went up and we're hanging out at, like, the easier-to-access area. And we we were walking back, and he said, let's, uh, let's hop in here and we'll walk back down to the truck. I said, okay. So... I put like one foot on the bank and one foot was getting ready to, to drop into the river. And I was like, Oh, there's a fart. I kind of let one squeak, but it was like totally silent. I had been having like loud comical farts all day. And this one was like silent, but I was like, Whoa, Whoa. (laughs) I got some heat. I was like, Oh shit. That that's shit. (laughs) And then my, and then my foot went, into the river and Mark said, Oh, there goes one. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I, I, I can't run away to the to the outhouse now. So you, <laughs> I gotta pretend to fish for the you, fish. You sharded first before you seen the fish. Instead yeah. of vice versa. Yeah, I sharded in and your then brand saw... in your brand new waders. Well, they were in my brand new gutchies. <laughs> <laughs> so you only owned so them. So you did that off the bat? Yeah, like we Oh, I thought you did it like right when you were that was too funny. Like we get like walking back, and you like hit the grass. You're like I'm going right to the bathroom. And hand me your rod. I'm like okay. And you just beeline with gone a, with a knife. <laughs> it's like a and then knife like a, a four, forty minutes later, I'm watching the sign language festival over here, <laughs> and then you come waddling back over. Like, Jiminy Christmas, what the uh, heck's going on? I had to jettison my gutchies yeah. in the garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do? Wash them and then sit down in the dryer? Lost soldier. No, I threw them in a garbage can. <laughs> I took them off and threw them away. So you literally you guys walked around in crap pants all day. No, 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 no. But like that last, like real shallow stretch that we walked at the very end. Oh. Like as I was stepping in at the very end. Oh, I thought you meant when you were stepping in right at the beginning. No, 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 no. I, I would have. Like, oh man, you really crapped your pants and went the whole day with them. No, no, I would have dumped my butt in the creek and. Wipe my butt off. That's known as going hard. Okay. <laughs> Until it's hard. Uh, <laughs> now I get it right there. Yeah. yeah. That. <laughs> That's fantastic. So did did you catch a muskie before he shit his pants? Yeah, it was before. What the, fuck? <laughs> what the fuck's going on at this trip? And you know what? After thinking about that, next time, <laughs> what we do is instead of starting in, Go in on the left, go the whole way down, go past that little line, go in where I caught the fish at, and turn around and bring it back. That way we're not mudding up the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, 
He fucking born last night. Uh, As a joke, it's it's a weird area. As a joke, guys, it's, it's a very weird area. That's something we hadn't thought about what, though. Was that place. was that downstream in, versus upstream? We were fishing downstream and walking downstream, so everywhere we were walking it, walking into our mud. Yeah, and I think that might be the way to do it then next time. Yeah, in that far bottom part. Mm. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. No way. You know, hey, that like we, like Derek and I were talking, that would be a place to take a canoe and just fish that pool. I mean, you know? we came back up through the area we had already walked over, fished heavily, and it's it's a neat little spot because it's probably waist deep. It's up against a log jam. It's right on the bank, and then there's like a cut back against. It's all waist deep mud. What'd you catch a fish on? A fly. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. So who tied it for F-L-E-Y-E or F-L-E? Why? F-L-Y. Okay. It was a single perch minnow. So who tied it for you? You did. <laughs> nah. It, Ur- Urban Fly Company flies, bro. It was one of the perch minnows. And the fish came out, swiped the first time, and it's like, oh, I thought he hit it. Missed it. Water's muddy. A couple casts later, it kind of felt like a thump, made two more strips, and then the water just blew up. So we kind of like, it, it's, I mean, it, it's Wanted like. Wanted it the whole time? Yeah, but that water right now is so, like, dirty. It, it's, it, it's it's not, not mud. Well, it's not well, moved out no, cause it's, it's, from the it's, heavy it's, rain we had, it's, though. It's tail water, so it is coming out of a dam. And it's not like that dirty mud water from rain. What it is, it's the lake above it, I believe, is, is getting so low that you have all of that dirt coming out of the... Like uh, the weed that tried to... Yeah, yes, exactly. Sure. And it's sucking that through. End of the because season, there, there's so dying. many particles in it, but there's a lot of separation in it. So you do get some visibility, but it cuts in and out real quick. And you can just see, like, the, I mean, even when, like, you're stripping your fly through, you'll see, like, like real well, it'll cut in, real, like, in and out real quick. It's, like, real sketchy. But, I mean, it ended up as this real small fish, but a little squeaker. It was fun. Hey, man. It adds made to the something numbers. out of it. Yeah. Made something Shad out of the day. Shadow took that to the bank. That would have been number one for my year, bro. <laughs> Counted that bitch and, and the funny part is, is we went in there with a net, like, tucked into our backs. Chad's coming over. He's like, I'll come get it. I'll come get the net. And I'm like, I'll, like, I'll, I'll just get it. No and net and there, was, there was no way he was getting this net out of his back. I was like, let no me net way. this goddamn fish. We've been carrying this. <laughs> you should take two nets. A little net for little fish and a big net. Yeah, for real. So like I grab it like you want a pike, and I'm holding it. He's still like, can't let me put get the, the net, net underneath out. of it at least. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a terrible situation where that net's at. I'll tell you what, I was glad I brought the camera that day. Yeah, that's a good picture you took. Couple, very yeah, nice, nicely done. I hadn't been bringing it lately. The mm-hmm. or no, that was yeah, that was Saturday, right? Same day. Yeah, yeah, same day. No, yeah. I, then we uh, fish a bit that day, a little bit. You didn't see no other fit or little stained, huh? Mm-mm. You see nothing else. Yes, we did. We did saw we? them. What? I had one porpoise right in front oh, of me. Oh yeah. I my fly was down at like not by two, not by your fly. My fly was like down at like two o'clock, like forty feet out still. This fish was like thirty feet out, twelve o'clock, right in front of me. Totally breached the water, like a like a dolphin when they were swimming, like a. Like a porpoise, and if and I I saw the whole fish, and then Derek left, and I had another one come up and was like back tailing right in front of me. Probably that was probably a forty inch fish. Mm-hmm. It was a big fish, and I slapped my fly right in front of his face and it was gone. 
I definitely my my only musk on the fly definitely smoked the fly and came out of water like like ate it like oh I, you know on the way out of the water I was stripping way fast and he I looked out I'm no, like oh, none of mine have come out listen something happened this was before I even set the hook he had it ate like porpoising while he ate it and I'm like oh there's one yep got him <laughs> he t- he told me he bit it you know what I mean it was fucking crazy. I just threw a fly and stripped it through there way faster than Jason did, and I got bit, man. <laughs> it was a squeaker, too. It was probably only 22, 23, 4, maybe. It was small, but fucking ate it like a wolf, man. Uh, that's something that's etched in my brain about musky fishing, I guess. Well, i tell you what. <laughs> etched in the brain. We uh, did the same thing yesterday. Went right back. Walked the whole way. Derek brought his waders this time. He was awesome. a lot more comfortable. Yeah, he was, he enjoyed it a little bit better. So we go the whole way back through. We fish right. So if you are where I caught my fish at, we go right through, go past that root knuckle by another 15 feet. So that pole ends. You're standing right there. I'm above him, and I'm casting into the main pole. So he was down like where the he weeds is are, down like where the weed bed is above from the weed bed. Okay, okay. he's a, he's casting distance from the weed bed. Him and I are twenty feet apart. I'm throwing in front of me. He's throwing downstream. Fish blows up. He looks at me. I look over. I go. I go. I lay down like almost onto the water. He casts over me. Throws a perfect cast right up against the edge of the weeds. Strip, strip, boom! Everything blows up. He buries it, sets, and like leans back. Does everything right. As soon as he leans back, that rod bends in half. Boom. Hook pops right out. God damn it, Derek. Oh, I want that dude to catch one so bad. And, and, oh, I, 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 like, I stopped everything. I wasn't fishing because I was laid down against the water. And as soon as I fly hit, I stood up. I watched it. As soon as he set, I was already like, I had my line. I was already reeling everything in. I already made a step towards him. I was like, here it is. Ready to go to help. And boom. Hook pops. Like, what do you need? One more second. I don't know whether he maybe just should have fish kept it that a little longer. Yet, yeah, maybe just didn't quite turn yet, and nah, that fish ate, though. and he set too Fuck quick. That. If I if if the water blows up, I trout set. Me too, bro. Auto fucking matically. But we worked it down past, kept fishing down through there a bit, then came back up, and that's what made me think of it. We started back at that spot again, worked our way back up through. And then I got back where the line was, and I'm casting from the bottom up into it. I move a nice fish coming down through, mid-30s, my fault, have the fly down. I see the fish. I bring the fly up a little bit on accident to kind of get turning. And when I brought that rod up, the fish lifted its head, spotted me. Boom. Gone. Oh. Bye, Felicia. Still trying Later. to figure eight him. Uh, oh, yeah, you figure <laughs> him standing up. Heck, yeah. Right in the water. You need your camo sims, bro. Nah, right in the water. You need a ghillie suit. Hell, yeah. Yeah, I screwed up another one. I There's so many leaves and sticks and everything. As I'm coming forward, the, it hits one. And the cast still goes out good, but what happens is the fly hits, and it kind of does one of them backwards, and it makes a loop, and it sends a knot through it. So the fly lands, I'm stripping it, it gets in, and clunk, clunk, I hear the knot click, and I lift the rod up to kind of pull the knot out to fix it. Here comes a fish right up after it. Oh, oh yeah. son of a bee. I'm like, you <laughs> got to be kidding me. No, no, bro. That's when they bite. Oh. They bite when you take it out of the water. And, you, and you're not, you're flying, can't even hook the fucking thing. You mean like in Tennessee when I made, I lost a cast and went behind me and I was stripping oh. it and 
the only cast we didn't figure eight and that 50 followed in. That fish is <laughs> absolutely giant. So Jay did something, or Jay and I did something yesterday that was totally different than what you did yesterday, Mark. <laughs> we went brook trout fishing. You went the complete opposite. Totally we were catching fish the size we're, of the flies I was throwing. We were catching bait. Um, Not even. So we went there. God, that place needs some rain. Well, it's up top. It, you know what I mean. It doesn't, it doesn't sit long there. Yeah. that's for sure. Uh, yeah, definitely, because it it needs rain bad. But uh, we saw some fish. Uh, we saw them. Jay caught one, and uh, we saw them in that hole. Like when we walked past that, I was like, uh Blindly caught that one though, right? No, Just that casting. That was in a hole that we knew. Yeah, no fish. We've frequent. caught we've caught them in there before. But I mean, you didn't see the fish at all. No, we were, dude. We were standing fifteen feet below holes to cast in, and casting in the holes. I imagine, dude. It, we're we're doing the real blue line well, shit, I mean, man. But vibration in such low water puts fish under the yeah. bank quick. So Jay ended up catching the one brookie. I posted it today on the. The Instagram page. Um, I caught two creek chubs. Doesn't count. They come on hoppers. Yeah, no, <laughs> that was a pretty cool looking fly. That fish, that fish looked big, like like not not big in a sense like people think, but I mean relatively big. Ultimately, a lot bigger than when it was born. And you see its mouth. Yeah, like he ate. He's that an eater, big. bro. Yeah, you see, there was a size eight or it was a big hopper. hopper. That's what I mean. It was That's a big hopper. Like the little fish don't. It, you know, you don't survive by eating nothing. We we ended up, we walked all over the place, and we ended up in some uh, some beaver dam areas. And we were in these beaver dams, and I'll tell you what, a deer jumped from, from me to that entertainment system away from me. It scared the actual shit out of me. I didn't shit my pants, but it scared me close you, enough. Wait, I almost, you shit your pants before that, right? I... <laughs> Yes. Fuck. Only Muskie can make him do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just shits his pants when he goes. As soon as he but gets his waiters on. It was it was close, man. I almost shit my pants. Now, dude, imagine it being dark and one blowing on you at point blank range, like hitting the snort and then jumping. <laughs> oh, that's a scary. Ah, I do a little. Ah, I got me. Ha ha ha. I used to talk on the way outside the like walking out of the woods in the dark. Ah, oh, bro, man. I've I'm not inter- surprised I've by had, that at all. I've had interactions with bears You and talk? Shit. I do not fuck around when it's dark, <laughs> my friend. Not. I'll tell you what. It's the craziest. Go listen, that. it's the craziest <laughs> thing. I will walk through the woods in the dark, no flashlight. Never. And and I don't know, man. I'm not scared of it. Even after the interaction I had with bears and shit. And this. got to put that in the back of your head to have fun. Anywhere you go, you know, it's right around the corner. So, Bears. guys, do we have anything else we want to hit on for tonight? No. Everybody get out. Get ready for fall. Yeah, it's man. It's big, that time. Bigger flies tied or buy them for Mark, whatever you like doing. Urban Fly Co. shit. Tying uh, every day. He got some, what, you got You got shirts that need bought? Mm-hmm. There they do are. got some new They're, shirts. In. I just seen one. The graphic's awesome. It's the damn Stocked logo. Yeah, no, it's yeah. freaking nice. So, could get that for your uh, Beast of the East attire. Yeah, man. Hey, check out Predator Fly Gear. You can check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com. Oh, what's the registration? Uh, registration for Beast of the East is at... Yeah, that's coming up. 
Oh, I got to do that. N-V-M-A-I-N-C at gmail.com. Check out Matt Dixon. Hit him up. Say, Matt, I want to register for the Beast of the East at N-V- or N-V-M-A. Nittany Valley Muskie Association is what that is the acronym for. And that is October 9th and 10th. 8th and 9th. The 10th is a Saturday. Okay. So it's the 9th and 10th. 9th and 10th. Um, also, if anyone wants to interact with the show and hit us up, ask us questions, ask Wait, wants anything that wants anything to be read on air or not, let us know. But hit us up at svs at gmail.com. Shoot us some emails, man. Uh, if you want some pictures featured on our Instagram page, shoot us pictures over. If you want us to just mention you or ask, answer your questions, hit us up. You could be on here. It that, doesn't. That's what we're trying to say. You could you could call in. We could we could get a little chat with you. Uh, we got all kind of info. I I don't think that like is there any capability to add somebody like through Zoom? Yeah, there is. Um, we can do that. And if you have questions, they don't have to be fishing related. They could be. I fun. know. I know a shitload about everything. We can answer any kind of question. He's a fountain of useless <laughs> knowledge. Yeah, yeah. As long as you're, as long as you're, ch- listen. If it got gas and spark, he don't know after that. Get the fuck out of here. So wiring on trailers is great. SVS until he wires your backup lights in reverse. SVS at gmail dot com. If you want the wrong answers, but yeah, we got gotcha. you. Your turn signals and backup. I mean. Yeah, but check out predator, uh, predator fly gear. At PredatorFlyGear.com. Yeah, if you're tying for this winter, put them on Arex Hooks. They're sticky sharp. ARXHooks.com. Sims Fishing. Find them at guys at SimsFishing.com. Tonight's show has been brought to you live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check them out at UrbanFlyCompany.com. Yeti. Built for the wild. Get your trips booked for a November run of Steelhead on Niagara River and... Western New York Tribs with our good friend Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding. He he could take you and put you on some big fish. There's no doubt about it. Guy knows his stuff, so give him a call if you're looking for that lake run uh, effect. And also, if you're in the center of the country and you want to book a guide trip, hit up our guest tonight, John Shank, at LoneStarFlyFishing.com. If you're going across the country and trying to find someone to fish with, Look at Why Not Fishing and Wrap the Dot. Meet up. Find a different guy out there and check out the fishery. See ya. Well, 13 days before archery season and deer tails start coming in, kid. We had a screen door slam. Mary's dress like a vision, she dances across the porch as the radio plays. Roy Wilson singing for the lonely. It's me and I want you only. Don't turn me home again. I just can't face myself alone again. Well, don't you run back inside, darling. You know just what I'm here for. So you're scared and you're thinking that maybe we ain't that young anymore. Sure, little faith is magic in the night. Ain't a beauty, but it's a roll around. Oh, yeah, that's all.
study a thing. Make crosses from your lovers, throw roses in the rain. Waste your summer praying in vain for a savior to rise from this. 